Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hi, this is Steve Silver with Silver Screen Videos, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Thank you for listening to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We got some more uh, touristic you for you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Cal is stuck in some weird alien uh, prison. Meet some weird dude who's stuck in the uh, prison with her. Let's see how she gets out. If she gets out, this might be the last time of the series. She might die, and then there's no series. Uh, you'll just have to listen to find out. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Cal nodded to Mav when the slop that passed for food arrived. It was a dull purple goop with a sickening stench. Mav had said earlier, once you get over the smell, it does the trick of filling you up. Cal was thankful she never would have to taste it. The Grantham Enlore, with the serving tray, entered the cage to plop down the two meals and trade out the stone bowl that passed as a toilet. The creature didn't need to slip through a slot in the door because humans were weak compared to them. Mav distracted the bug in the best way he knew how. Hey, uh, do you think I could get some of that steak from that giant beetle-looking creature? Uh, it'll help with the mating. <laughs> it's as they say, the key to a woman's heart is through her stomach. Maybe a few candles. Do you have those here? The Grantham Endler stock. We do not serve meat stock to other meat stock. Hey, man, or bug, I resent that. We're a cut above. We are ribeye, man. Don't we deserve better treatment? Don't make me laugh, meat stock. While they bantered, Cal had circled around the creatures where the lower segments were half in the cage. She slammed the door to the pen into the Grantham Enlar's body. It yelped in pain and attempted to back up. Mav picked up the stone bowl and hurled it at the jailer. It cracked the bug's skull, which only enraged it more. Cal scampered up the body while it recoiled into an attack stance. The Decran blade ejected from her bracer, and she thrust the sword into the eye socket that she was convinced was more an ear. 
her theory about it being the weak point in their exoskeleton was correct. She felt it embed into soft tissue, and then she swiveled the blade around. The creature cried out in pain and fell to the floor in convulsions. A thick purple ooze came from the socket, and its body twitched. Mav was still holding his hands in front of his face, waiting for the death blow from his captor. When Cal shook him out of it, he glanced at the dead Grand Thalmenlar and said, Where did he learn to fight like that? Cal wiped the purple ooze from the blade and said, You pick up a thing or two when you're constantly on the run from the Turisticube government. Mav raised his hands and said, Hey, considering the left is here to rot, I'm not a friend of Earth either. Come on, Cal said. We're wasting time. They climbed over the body to their freedom on the other side. Cal could tell the man was a little disorientated when he left the cage. Cal knew how a cell could start to feel like it was all there was to the world after a while. She guided him through the city. They ducked behind boulders, strange mushroom trees, and the structures of the Grantham Enlars. Considering Cal was more concerned with their hearing than their sight, they both held their breath and didn't move when one of the bugs passed by. The creature was none the wiser and continued walking. The plan seemed to be working. While they were ducking past one of the hives, Mav scraped his foot against the cave floor, and one of the residents turned their way. They froze. Even though a sighted creature would have seen them, the bug moved on once it was satisfied there was nothing there. They still made a point to hide, but Cal wasn't so sure freezing in plain sight would work if the creature used the echolocation tactics to get spatial awareness of their surroundings. Cal was lucky they only seemed to make the clicks while they traveled through the caves. In the village, the creatures had a comfort with their surroundings that gave Cal the advantage. Cal's implant had been mapping the cave since they had arrived. Even though they couldn't remember how they had come to the village, he easily turned on a virtual guidance to direct her to freedom. However, she wasn't attempting to escape just yet. She wanted to find Grand Orc first. Considering that one of the Grantham Antler commented about the center flame, she figured the middle of the village was an excellent place to start and attempted to ping his implant while they walked. Mav tugged on her sleeve a couple times and gestured to go another way. She shook her head and pointed onward. She could tell he was getting nervous. At least he was sticking to the plan of silence. Their hearing must be better than the average biological being, and human voices would give away their location. They wove in between hive structures and got to an area in the center of the village where they were using lava to heat their meals. There was nothing currently on the spits. The place was empty. Even her pings were unreturned. Large stones were set in concentric circles that looked like they might be where the village gathered to eat. The area where they prepped the food had been close because there's no evidence of scrapes near the stone circles. Several structures around the lava pit didn't have the same look as the hives. The walls were thick enough to block the wireless signal from her implant. She risked taking a look inside and found a storage unit for herbs and spices. Mushroom caps from the massive tree-like ones were inverted and dried out. They were used for bowls for various powders, leaves, and other food prep items. She left and nodded to Mav, her intent to explore the others. He nervously glanced in either direction but decided to follow her. She even found one that had all the hallmarks of a slaughterhouse. There was a pile of bones outside. They had all the markings that indicated that they stripped their meat via tools. 
Lucky for Cal, none of them were large enough to be or can do. Cal entered a building. Inside there were tools and cutting implements as well as blood-stained working benches. Cal could tell that some of the instruments were looted from the human settlement. There were a few cages in the back of the room where some of the livestock was kept. Granor sat cross-legged in the center of one of the pens. His eyes were closed and he was meditating. Cal searched for a key to the cages. By the time she gave up and found something to smash the lock, she saw a map had already picked it with a utensil that looked like a chopstick. He muttered something about locks being just another engineering problem, and she shushed him. Cal knew that disturbing an orcandu during meditation result in losing a limb, so she brushed Mav away. Cal held her hand over her crewmate's mouth and pulled one of his arms behind his back. He roared and attempted to swat at her, but her, the hold prevented his initial attack. He was about to back up into the wall and crush her when she let go. He saw Cal was about to speak when she held her hands up to her lips. He sent her a text and said, Captain, she texted back, come on. We need to get out of here. I'll catch you up later. Granark eyed Mav with suspicion. She added, He's one of the miners. He helped me escape. I was lucky the priests had to bless their livestock hours before a meal, or else I would have been on the spit, Granark wrote, while they made their way out of the slaughter hut. Cal peeked outside and saw a few Granthamendlers had pulled a spit off its position over the lava pond and were rubbing it with oil. There's no telling if it was just a maintenance task or if they were getting ready for another meal. Cal didn't want to find out. She instructed for Granark and gave Mav the follow her gesture. She left the building and quickly circled behind it. The others followed. The ones working near the lava didn't see her. The line to the cave where they entered would take them right past the fire pit. She was about to lead them into an unknown territory to see if she could circle around when she heard gunfire in the distance. Either Maker had come to rescue them, or the Turisticus were really desperate to find them. The Grantham Endlers near the lava pit left their station and ran towards the sound of the skirmish. Cal motioned her group forward. They picked up the pace to a near run, only to stopping to duck out of the way of a group of Grantham Endlers racing towards the commotion with whether we weapons they had. It was no wonder the Turisticus, with far superior technology, had abandoned the planet. Rather than run from the conflict as her people do, these creatures ran towards it. Each one seemed ready to die for the village. Cal sometimes wondered if what would happen if her people had put up more of a fight. In the end, she supposed that it would have made a difference on how hard her people fought. Negromoto was powering an entire empire, where this planet wasn't worth the resistance the natives put up. Earth would have put everything behind to keep Negromoto in their control, where this planet was barely worth anything. As they got close to the firefight, Cal was sure it wasn't her crew. Maker would have devised a covert unit to infiltrate and sneak them out. She could hear them going from hive to hive and slaughtering anything that resisted. The tactic felt familiar to her. Eventually, she could get a good look at the invaders. She knew why the sounds of battles were so familiar. They were killing villagers and rounding up the ones that surrendered, just like her hometown. Her blood boiled. She almost left her hiding spot and ran towards him when she felt Granork's hand on her shoulder. He was right. She couldn't let her personal feelings get in the way. However, she couldn't fathom how Makyornik was still alive. She had stabbed him through the heart with Terillion blade, and that's when she finally registered the change to his body. While his squad was in Turisticu power armor, he was unarmored. 
His skin had a metallic sheen, and veins popped out from his body, the same corrosive filth as the poison from her weapon. His muscles bulged. His eyes were no longer blue, but toxic green. The axe's knives thrown by the Grand Menlars seemed to bounce off of him like he was wearing armor. He was able to control the toxins from his veins and sent any being he touched into death throes. A natural gas seeped from the pores of his skin, choking the life out of anyone who entered the cloud. There was something awful about the crew as well. They were wearing Turistic power armor. It wasn't military issue, though. Even though each IF decorated their own armor, the military would look cohesive. Mercenaries wearing power armor would paint their suits in a mismatch of colors, patterns, and designs. The group had everything from one that looked bloodstained with a giant skull on the chest piece to another of a black earth bird called a raven picking apart a corpse. They looked more like guns for hire than military. It didn't look like Makiarnik was working for Earth anymore, which meant one thing. He was here for her, she texted. Grinork, wait till it's clear, and then get out of here with Mav. Go to the surface, find Maker. What are you planning? Grinork wrote back to lead them away from you. She wrote and jumped the nearest goon. He was about to use his flame unit on a room full of Grantham and there was young when she popped out of hiding and tackled the man. She quickly liberated his firearm and sent several rounds through his helmet. The kids scattered and Makiarnik made eye contact with her. He turned and ran towards her. She turned and ran in the opposite direction. He ordered his men to give pursuit and he calmly walked towards her, killing anything that crossed path with them. Once she had led them far enough away from Granork's location, she gave herself up. There was no use in running. Makiarnik would slaughter the entire village to find her, and she would not see another innocent people die, even if they had unusual dining habits. His men forced her to her knees and stripped her of her weapons, including her bracers. Makiarnik smiled when he finally caught up to her and caressed the green veins popping from his skin. He looked at Cal in the eye and said, I never caught a chance to thank you formally. He nodded to his men, and they began their retreat from the village, dragging Cal with them. All right. That's it for today. So, yeah. Next time, there's some weird, creepy guy with green veins. Watch out for him. He, he's up to something. Green veins are usually the sign of a villain. I mean, I guess there's some, you know, good guys with green veins. I mean, does the Hulk have green veins? You know, does he get all veiny and muscly with green? Anyways, <laughs> that's something to ponder. Have a good night.